Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. come before you tonight and we ask that in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ of Nazareth that Father tonight as we come before you ah we really thank you we thank you for your kindness your mercy we glorify you Lord we ask oh Lord that in your kindness and in your mercy tonight you teach your word to us so that our lives change we pray Father that in everything we do and in everything we are that you, O oh Lord, Father, are glorified. We pray that not only are you glorified, may you cause each person to find peace tonight. Give us insight, wisdom, and brevity. We really commit tonight into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so this is part five. Wow, this is, hopefully, it's been a, hopefully you've enjoyed it. So we're coming to part five. Now we've got quite a bit to go through tonight, so let's go for it. Turning your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Mark chapter four. And we are looking, Mark chapter four. Um, I will be reading from the King James Version of the Bible to start. And for others, for other things that we may look at, we'll look at um, different versions of the Bible, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Ladies and gentlemen, so we begin. Um, Mark chapter 4, and I'm actually going to read from verse 14. I'm going to read from verse 13 to 20 for context, um, which is Jesus's explanation of the parable of the sower, and I'll read. So Mark 4, verse 13 to 20. And the Bible says the following, and he said unto them, know ye not this parable, how then will you know all parables? We've spoken about that. The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Verse 20, and the Bible says the following. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And then Jesus effectively ends his explanation of this particular parable and remember what we said so the reason I wanted you to go over that is we where I want you to keep the explanations in mind because Jesus brings it all into a fantastic example so our focus tonight ladies and gentlemen is verse 20 verse 20 and the Bible says and these are they which are sown on good ground so this is the kind of ground just so you understand, when the Bible says these are they that are sown on good ground, this is, so notice, that means this is the fourth type of soil that we've looked at. And so all the other stages, it's a very interesting reality, all the other stages, ladies and gentlemen, are have negative connotations. The word is stolen. The word is literally killed or we could say that it doesn't last it starts but it doesn't finish and then it becomes unfruitful it's effectively destroyed and ladies and gentlemen what you begin to realize is those three states 
are due solely to the influence of one person. That person's influence produces a result. And that person's influence is found in John chapter 10, verse 10, which is the influence of the, the Jesus refers to him as the thief. He said, the thief cometh not. You speaking, again, quoted from the old English, said the thief cometh not but for to steal. Remember, stealing is the first attempt. Kill and destroy. But then Jesus says, but I am come. Now keep this in mind. Jesus says, I am come. That means the outcome that comes next is because of the influence, strength, power, and ability, and intent of God. And so the outcome of the word of God, it is God that will bring his word to pass. We will, and he does it in tandem with us god brings his word to pass and it's and this is something i want you to remember so when we come to the harvest when we come to good ground when we come to the harvest the the bible says that and this is what happens at harvest now many times um the way i've looked at it and this is one of the things i want to point out first so all the previous stages okay all the previous stages when you look at good ground this is what jesus says and Jesus says the following, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, stage one, receive it, stage two, and bring forth fruit, stage three. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me say this carefully. When we talk about good ground, it is a process. And that means the word passes through all the other three stages, the only difference is it does so successfully. Now, this is where we, we come into play because Jesus, when Jesus says, notice in the very first one, the Bible says the word is sown in the heart. So when the Bible, what we're talking about, the ground that God is speaking about, the four types of ground, are four types of hearts and so that means ladies and gentlemen we have the ability to set the conditions of our hearts and I, and that hopefully that's really good news to somebody because and this is something i wanted to say next and i'll keep this in mind notice although the three the first three stages are presented in the negative that's not a permanent state. You can change things. And we're going to look at that tonight. And I want you to keep this in mind that when Jesus presents good ground, good ground is not just all. It's a gift. Here is good ground. No, good ground is ground that somebody has worked. So the first thing is someone has made it soft so the seed can go in somebody has taken out the stones or the rocks so the seed or the word can take root and begin to bear fruit and somebody has cleared away the thorns so when the fruit grows there's nothing around it so please ladies and gentlemen i want you to keep this in mind and now please write this down i actually don't have this line in my notes and it's just come to my heart and i hopefully it blesses you is this the condition of your heart is under your control you can determine the condition of your heart. Now, what that means is you can determine whether or not the word bears fruit in your heart because you, we are the variable element. We are the variable element. And the part of us that is variable is our hearts. And Jesus said there are four stages. Depending on the condition of the soil, it all brings the word to pass. So the first three are negative. And I want to keep that in mind, but notice they're not permanent. Okay. They're not permanent. Even though they are negative, they are not, ladies and gentlemen, permanent. That means even if it has not worked out thus far, it can and will change. And that's one of my, that's why I, I, I am, I, I think I am obviously excited and I, and I can't really hide it. So, but let's also, so let's look at good ground. Now, remember, many times when I was taught this, I always thought that good ground, ladies and gentlemen, was 
a gift. It's not. Good ground is a process. That means the word comes and it all the word passes through the three previous stages. The only difference is it's successful. That means when the word comes, when Satan comes to steal it, he's unsuccessful. When affliction and persecution arise to hamper it, it, they are unsuccessful. When the thorns try and choke it, they are unsuccessful. And so, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, as we come into tonight, as we come to look at good ground, I want you to realize, I want your hope to rise. Because by the end of tonight, what will we be able to realize? That you know what? We are on the winning side. And that's the beautiful thing about it. And so good ground is not a gift. It's a process. Okay. And so we're one minute from our declaration and we're going to take our declaration in a moment. And I want you to keep this in mind. So when we are looking at good ground, looking at what the Bible says in verse 20, Jesus says all three stages are present. The first one is such as here. And remember what we said about hearing. Hearing is reading studying, meditating, confessing, and doing the word of God. It's the process. So understanding when you hear the word of God, it's not just listening to the word of God. It is processing the word of God from something you listen to, to something you do and stand on okay all right ladies and gentlemen let's it's 7 14 let's take our declaration and the declaration is in the chat so let's say it together oh lord we are your people called by your name we humble ourselves we pray and seek your face we turn from our wicked ways hear from heaven lord Forgive our sins and heal our land in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We declare uh, that our land is healed in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that confession, you've got to keep it going no matter what. It's going to do something in this nation, and we will see a revival. We will. We will see a revival. We will see it. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see a revival. So let's get down to good ground. So we've realized good ground is a composite of all the other stages and it leads to the point of bearing fruit. So all the other stages are there. So let's keep, so let's keep that in mind. The second thing I want you to write, remember tonight is this. Notice um, what I want you to have a look at. Notice the Bible says that the word goes through the processes and then it bears three types of fruit. The Bible says it says it brings forth fruit. That's the third stage. And then the Bible speaks about volume. Now, again, I've always thought that the only kind of harvest, maybe it's just because of how we are, that the best thing to do is go for a hundredfold. Pause for a moment. 30-fold, 60-fold, and some 100. God never said any of those was a failure. Why? Because what he had planned to do, what he had planned when he sowed the seed in your heart had come to pass. And so what you begin to realize is this harvest let me say this about harvest because sometimes we get really upset oh i've only got 30 fold god i'm a failure no you're not it's not the case has the word borne fruit in your heart if the answer is yes then that was what god intended to happen and the rest is in his hands. And so please remember this about harvest. Harvests are subjective. And remember, this is seed sowing. So let's use the seed example. Coconuts don't grow on daisy stems. They won't last. 
and coconuts don't grow the same time as watercress. Watercress grows overnight. Coconuts takes takes years. Now, why is that? That means you will get more watercress than you will coconut in coconuts in a twelve month period. Harvests are specific to you. This is something I want you to remember, and I hope this frees somebody. That means whatever the harvest is on your inside. So that means if you following the word of God, holding on to a promise, what comes out at the end, if you end up taking care of one person, or you end up taking care of 20,000, or you have the capacity to do something relatively small but impactful, and other people have the capacity to do large amounts, that doesn't make you a failure. The word has come to pass. So if you are believing God for healing and healing comes from, let's say, a headache, a relatively, what anybody will think about, laugh about, well, it's a headache. In all sincerity, that's fine. Somebody else has a testimony and it's like, Lord, the Lord has healed everything. I mean, my arm, my back, my my eye. And sometimes when those kind of people are giving testimonies in church, you're thinking that, well, I'm not going to talk about my headache because this person has, a, has really suffered. No, no, no. Miracles are miracles. As long as the word has come to pass, the harvest. Notice, Jesus did not say 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold, and only those that got to 100-fold, God was pleased with. That's not the case. Who determines the harvest? God does. Do what the word of God says and leave the rest to him. Leave the rest to him as long as the word bears fruit. It's great wherever you are, leave the rest to him. And this, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna move on from this point in a moment. And it's this, notice if, think of where my, my hand is now. This is 100% just above my glasses. Where my hand at the bottom is, just need a logo here. This is zero. If all you bring based upon your holding on to the word of God, walking with Jesus Christ, if all you bring is this, you're still great. Why? Because this is covered by grace. So do what you can and the Lord will bring the rest to pass. And this is something about the word of God. That means, remember, it is a relationship with you. Harvests are not blanketly assessed, assessed in a blanket form. No, they're not. They're assessed in a relationship form. That is when what God bases it on his relationship with you. And the Bible says in Psalm 103 that he understands your frame. There's nothing you are going through that God does not understand. And so please keep this in mind. Number one, the good, good ground is not a gift. Number two, good ground is a process. It's a combination of all the other three, but done successfully. Number four, harvests are subjective. They are, that means they are based upon God's relationship with you. This is key. All right. So, and someone asked, what does it mean to be fruitful in this context? What does it mean to be fruitful? Let the word be processed into words, thoughts, and actions. That means, what does it mean to be fruitful? That the promises of God, your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus Christ is processed into words, thoughts, and actions. The results of your words, thoughts, and actions are in the hands of the Almighty. And that's so that's why when it says to be fruitful, all it is is process God's word into so you just do your part. The results are going to be God's. That means somebody may be based upon something that they learn, they may pray for six to eight hours. Somebody else may pray for five minutes. It is God that's going to answer both prayers. So what am I saying about being fruitful? Being fruitful is taking the words of God, taking the promises of God, taking what God says, 
and processing them into words, thoughts, and actions. So your personality, your character, your demeanor, the way you speak, whenever anybody sees or hears you, they see God and they don't see you. The results of your actions will be God's. But you, ladies and gentlemen, will take the action. That means your words, God will honor. Great question. Thank you, Stephen. For, I appreciate that question. Because many times we wonder, what does fruitful mean? Let me show you what fruitful mean. Let's, let's have a look. Oh, do I have time without going down a rabbit hole? Yes. Okay. Let me just show you what um, fruitful means. Very, very good question. Hebrews chapter 13. And I will come back to Mark 4. Hebrews chapter 13. And the Bible says, uh, yes, verse 15, Hebrews 13, verse 15. The Bible says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So that means when God wants to bear fruit, he's looking for the things that we say, the Bible also says in Matthew 7 that by their fruits you shall know them. Speaking of prophets, that means the visible actions, the visible outworking of your relationship with God are the fruits that God is talking about. The Bible says that in Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 23, this is why what you ask is such a good question. Galatians 5, 22 to 23, that the Holy Spirit, your interaction with the Holy Ghost will bear fruit ninefold whereby you'll see the fruits of the spirit and they will come out in your personality. They'll come out in your character. They will come out in your tone. They'll come out in your words. They'll come out in your actions. They will come out in the way you do business. They will come out in the way you go to school, the way you treat friends, the way you treat people that are weaker than you, the way you treat people that are stronger than you, the way you deal with success. And the results of those actions are not in your hands. They're in God's. That, ladies and gentlemen, is fruitful. So notice we are co-laborers. That means we work with God. We do our part and God does the rest. I hope that helps somebody. I really hope that frees you. Great question. Let's go back to Mark 4. Mark chapter 4. And let me go back to Mark 4. If I can get there. Yes, I can. Okay. Mark 4. Great. So let's summarize tonight. A couple of things we want to look at because many times we've presented that, oh, these are the negative effects. But this is the thing that I want you to write down. This is a subheading, so, so to speak. And the subheading of what you notice, looking at the parable of the sower, remember what Jesus said. He said, if you understand this parable, that you'll understand every parable. Let's have a look. None of the negative states presented in the first three parts of the ground and in the fourth one even though you're fruitful you can become more fruitful we'll come to that last that's the fun one but let's put this in in context none of the negative states because someone may say well i've now found out why this is not working or i feel like this is the reason that it's not working this is and, and you know i had this promise but i could have done this i didn't hold on long enough i didn't focus quick enough, hear me well, tonight, tonight is going to bring hope. Tonight is going to bring hope because none of those conditions are permanent, to coin a phrase from um, vernacular or from um, broken um, pidgin English. None of those conditions are permanent. And we're going to have a look at that. And that's what we're going to look at to wrap up. And so this is the key element. So let's look at condition number one, where the word was stolen. So some people may be on this call and they'll say, oh, but my word was stolen. Time has passed and stuff like that. It may feel like, well, it's not working. Things are not working for me. And, oh, I know I've been stolen from. I, Satan has done a number on me and I'm done. No, you're not. Tonight, we realize, and this is the beautiful thing about the word of God, none of those, con the, the states that we look at are permanent. So let's look at number one, heart set number one. So how do you get back a word that has been stolen? 
Now, let me see if I can explain stolen because Satan is not powerful enough to carry God's word away or like he's standing like a goalkeeper in between you and God. You know those kind of games whereby they kick lots of footballs and only there's only one goalkeeper. Satan's not doing that where it's like, oh, I've stopped this, I've stopped this, I've stopped this and it's done. No. All Satan does when the word of God arrives is in state one is to make your heart hard enough so the word of God does not go in. So effectively, your promise is sitting there, but you, because of what Satan has successfully done, I, through his many methods, all that's happened is the word of God has not come into your heart. Now, let's keep this in mind. I want you to keep, and this is the, the beautiful thing about doing this at Easter is this, the beautiful thing about Jesus Christ is that he is a specialist in restoration. That means he can bring it back to life. He can resurrect it. This is key. And so what I want you to begin to realize is how does God, now I'm going to go quite quickly. So how does God, okay, how does God get this done? Let's have a look. So turn with me in your Bibles. So remember what I said, how does Satan stop the word getting into your heart? The first one is he will put something else. If you can imagine, this is your heart. All Satan needs to do is put a piece of plastic here, this. When the word comes, it doesn't get destroyed. It just sits on the piece of plastic. And as long as that piece of plastic, this piece of plastic is present, the word never gets in. Now, this is key. What does Satan usually do? Which is sin. He'll put sin there. So he'll put the sin of unbelief, the sin of anxiety, the sin of doubt, anything that will cause you to doubt the validity of God's word. So he'll put sin on top of your heart, or he will put doubt on top of your heart, or he will put negative information on top of your heart. So when the word comes, it lands on top of the information and just sits there and nothing happens. It's the same way you stop batteries working. As long as I can put a piece of paper in between two battery contacts, because paper does not transmit electricity, the battery won't work. And it looks like you're always busted. No, all you've got to do is remove the piece of paper and then the battery contacts touch and the original intention of the creator starts. Turn with me, please, ladies and gentlemen, just to give you, a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I really want to give you so much, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm watching the time. Turn with me, please. Let's look at two places where God brings things back. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. And I'm, we're gonna read from one to four. Um, Isaiah 61, one to four. So the first way, so how do we get, so what happens if my word is stolen? What happens if my promise hasn't come to pass? Jesus is about to remove whatever is stopping it. The Bible says the following, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Now this is specific. So when the Bible says God has anointed, the presence of the anointing, it's like an accelerant to the word of God. The Bible says the anointing accelerates, amplifies, makes powerful the promise that comes. And the, what does the anointing do? Remember, the anointing represents Jesus. He does what? He takes burdens. He takes yokes off your shoulders and he destroys the yoke so the burden cannot be put back. This is key. What does Jesus do? He takes what you cannot carry takes it away, allowing the word of God to settle. And all of a sudden, the promise that God has given you will kick in. Listen to how the anointing works. 
The Bible said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up what? The broken hearted. That means where the crack existed that stopped the word of God getting in, wherever the hardness existed, the Bible says that the anointing will do what? It will bind up, heal it. So literally by the time the anointing is done, when the word of God comes back, it goes straight in. The Bible says to proclaim liberty to the captives. That means if you have been held bound by something you cannot see, bad information, curse, limitation, thoughts, circumstances, time, the Bible says Jesus steps in and he says it's time for liberty for you. It's time for you to go free. The opening of the prison to them that are bound. All of these things are barriers to the word of God coming to pass and the anointing takes away the barrier. This is Jesus's sacrifice. Jesus takes away whatever is stopping God's word from happening in your life. That's what he did on the cross. That is what he does when he causes us to come back into a relationship with God, when he takes our sin away and we are now near God, close to him, the word of God will work the way God intended it to when you are now delivered. And so this is what the essence is this. When Jesus steps in, the thief is neutralized. And so the Bible says in Isaiah 61 verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Now, if you're comforting all that mourn, notice that means it seems like something has died, but God's about to bring it back to life. The Bible said to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Notice there's an exchange that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste places and they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Pause for a moment. What am I saying? When Jesus steps into your boat, the world operates the way God wants it to operate. This is what happens. So even though Satan has caused a delay, Jesus stepping into your life and you knowing it that, Lord, something should have happened by now. The Bible says, this, what does Jesus make happen? He takes away whatever is standing in between you and your father thereby allowing whatever your father has promised you to come to pass. And this is the beautiful thing. The Bible says that he took our burdens unto himself. I would love to preach it and nail it to the ground, but this is key. That's why Romans chapter 8 verses 1 to 2 is one you should meditate on. Romans 8 verses 1 to 2. And then we're going to go on. One more thing about the first one in a moment, but we're going to go on. The Bible says the following. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So ladies and gentlemen, when you are walking in Jesus Christ, the law of life operates. What is the law of life? The Bible says, John 1 verse 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Then the Bible says, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness doesn't understand, control, or take hold of it, comprehends it not. What am I saying? The first thing Jesus does, he heals your heart. He takes away that which was dead. And all of a sudden, the word of God begins to work. So ladies and gentlemen, tonight, if you are sitting in a place where it feels like your promise has been taken, it feels like things are over, it feels like the time has passed, Jesus is here to grant you a resurrection of your dreams, hopes, and aspirations. That's what God is a specialist 
at. Why? The thief has been caught. Jesus said, on the other side of the attacks of Satan, I am come that they may have life. Stage one, Jesus introduces the miraculous and all of a sudden, that which was impossible becomes possible. So you don't have to worry if you found yourself in stage one. What do we say? Do what the Bible says. It's your turn now to do what it says. Read the promise again. Study the promise, realizing that Jesus has granted that promise to be yes and amen. Meditate on the promise. See yourself in it on the other side of the success. Confess the promise. Speak the word of God over yourself repetitively. Speak it in the positive. Speak it as a son, not as a sinner. And then, ladies and gentlemen, act in accordance with the words that you speak. The Bible says the results will belong to your father. It's still okay. Time, the rest. Notice, it is God that will make the rest of the process work. All you have to do is make sure the contacts touch. Okay, stage one. Hopefully that helps somebody. So what if I find, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to move on. I'm actually, uh, there are lots of things I, I've, I, I could have said, but I'm going to move on. And so this is key. Last thing, I'll, I'll move on. What if you find yourself in affliction or persecution and they won? That means things have got difficult enough for you to begin to say something contrary to what God has said about you. Whereby you're beginning to agree with the circumstances, whereby you're beginning to agree with the things that are said about you. You're beginning to agree with the news that is coming into your world that is not coming from God. How do we get out of that? Turn in your Bible, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. You see, what you must realize, the answer to the word not working is the word of God. It sounds like a paradox, but the answer to the word not working in your life is the word of God himself. And this is the beauty of it. Hebrews 4 verse 12. So now we're at the second one. The Bible said that that was the rocky ground and it, the word couldn't find a place in the person's heart because there were rocks. Hebrews 4 verse 12. The first thing God will do is he will create a separation. And this is key. The Bible says the following, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder. Now, when we, the Bible says dividing asunder, that means separating of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, why am I explaining that? Ladies and gentlemen, when you sit down with the word of God, knowing what Jesus has done, knowing that Jesus has been victorious, knowing that 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, and I'll put that into the chat, is true. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. When you come into the word of God, Please hear me. Because of what Jesus has done, the Bible says all the promises of God in him are yes and in him are so be it. So if you find yourself going through a difficult time whereby affliction and persecution have done a number on you, then ladies and gentlemen, go back to the word of God, but flip the knowledge that I'm coming to the word of God. I'm not coming as a sinner. I'm now coming as a son. And now I'm coming that, listen, the Lord is going to separate something, that which is in my spirit and that which is in my soul. The memories that have taunted me, the things that have said, I'm a failure. God is about to separate them. And God is separating what? He says, I am God, for with me, I can do the impossible. 
And all of a sudden, I want you to meditate on things like that. I want you to meditate on the promise, knowing that God, it is you that's going to do the heavy lifting. And the Bible said there will be a separation. There will be a separation of soul and spirit and the word will go in to your heart. And the persecution and the tribulation that you have suffered because of the word is not going to win. Because all of a sudden, there will be a separation. There will be a crack. Now, let me let me talk about this. Please hear me. The word will create the separation. The word of God. So the more you spend time on the word, it separates you from your failures of the past and presents to you the realities of your present and future, which are the victories of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not over, ladies and gentlemen. But let me put this in, 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 another, in another phrase. So notice, the word will deal with the resistance to the word on your inside. That's the first thing. Second, I want you to remember, revival, that means God bringing something back to life that has fallen into decay comes because of water. And the water we are talking about is the word of God. Turning your Bibles to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, reading from verse 10. And we'll read to verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 10. So this is dealing with the second state, whereby affliction and persecution, pressure and the pursuit of satan the pressure of satan has caused you to make a mistake and it looks like what was working before has stopped working the bible says a revival is going to come to you isaiah 55 verses 10 to 11 the bible says the following for as the rain cometh down i'm reading from the old king james ladies and gentlemen i just i'm going so fast i really can't really flip it around for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither that means it doesn't return to heaven but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Notice water arrives and a predetermined process begins. The Bible then says in verse 11, so shall my word be. So God is a comparing or using uh, uh, a picture that my word will operate like water and the bible says so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which i please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto i sent it hear me well it is the word of god that is going to bring itself to pass he does not need your assistance all you have to do is believe so, ladies and gentlemen, why am I saying spend time reading, studying, meditating, confessing, and doing the word of God? God will bring his word to pass. The Bible says, as long as the word arrives, it will kickstart the process of fulfillment. And this is key. And I want, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to, I pray that this speaks to somebody because some people feel, well, but my time's passed. My season is over. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm sorry. It's not. Why? Because water will make the difference. When the word of God arrives, knowing that you are a son and not a sinner, knowing that the word of God has made a separation between your soul and your spirit, knowing that as the word comes like water, that a predetermined process is going to begin, ladies and gentlemen, this is the time for your revival has come. Turn with me. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I, and and I, I have like 500, so I can say that a lot. Job 14 7 to 9 job 14 7 to 9 and i want you to realize ladies and gentlemen and i'm speaking to someone notice in stage two the bible says that the plant withered because it didn't have much depth of earth the roots didn't go down deep enough but the bible does not say it was taken out of the ground this is key 
Job chapter 14, seven to nine, for there is hope of a tree if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, your season is coming back, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. That means this time it will keep growing. Why? Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, what that means is even if the roots in the earth are slightly old, if they've been there a long time, it looks like the promise is not coming to pass. Hear me well. The Bible says, and the Bible says, and the stock thereof die in the ground. That means the things that are perishable are dying, but the root is still alive. As long as you are still here, hope still exists. The Bible says, verse nine, yet through the scent of water. That means not even water itself. That means the scent of water. The simple fact that water is coming. The Bible says it will bud and it will bring forth boughs like a plant. Hear me well. Your season is not done. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is about to rain on what we could call your world. He's going to cause the water of the word of God to find a place in your heart to revive what has been broken. And notice the word will bring the word to pass. So when the word is not working, now this sounds like a paradox, go back to the word. Listen carefully. The word brings the word to pass. God brings his word to pass. Stage two is not permanent. It is not over. Affliction and persecution don't have to win. It's not done. And remember, God is good with time. Last part of this. So remember what, um, what we said earlier. What does it mean to bear fruit? You must process the word of God into what? words, thoughts, and actions. Now, this is key. There comes in stage two, words and thoughts, where the freedom, where Jesus brings you freedom from the, the traps that the Satan has put you in. The he brings freedom from things that you've said in the past. He undoes the traps, the plans, and the prisons of the words you have spoken previously. Why? Because now he gives you the ability to speak new ones. And this is where, ladies and gentlemen, and I, this is, I, I want you to understand what, what this is like. When the, you discover something about you is true, there will be a rush of annoyance and then let the word of God fly. Confess the word of God over yourself ad infinitum. It will become a reality. And this is key because all of a sudden you'll realize that, wait, so this is true about me. So wait, God, everything you said about me is true. Wait, God, so this has been stolen from me and this is mine. All of us begin to say the word of God with violence. What you do with your mouth is critical. Process the word of God into words, thoughts, and actions. The results, ladies and gentlemen, will be miraculous. Lay hands on yourself and speak the word of God. Lay hands on your wallet and speak the word of God. Lay hands on your children and speak the word of God. Speak every time Satan brings something back that says God's word concerning you will not come to pass. Speak the word of God and speak it loud. And don't stop when he stops because stop he will. Say what God says about you. The word will bring the word to pass. What does it mean to be fruitful? Process the word of God into words, thoughts, and actions. So let's get to the last one. The last one is, is key. And the last one, remember, the last one was where we got the thorns worked. And that was the most insidious one. And all of a sudden, we got distracted. Now, there's something about the Bible. There is an element of the Bible that is legal. That means if a condition does not exist, they do not have the right to bring the result into your world. That means if the condition doesn't exist, they have no right. Now, the Bible says that in the last one, 
that the plant was destroyed. It was still present, it was still growing, but it bore no fruit. That's what destruction is. So you are, you're still going, but you're bearing no fruit because the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things have done what? They've choked it. So it's not that you're not trying, it's that they're just strangling you. Hear me well. Let's deal with the last one. This is key. And this is something I want you to begin to realize. It is what changes things in the last one. And it is, again, the word of God. But there's a slight difference. The difference is the word of God revealed. Now, please keep this in mind. Turn in your Bibles. I, 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 no, yes. Turn in your Bibles. This is the prayer that Paul prays for the Ephesians. He prays it. And this is the difference. Ephesians 1, reading from 17 all the way to 23. He prays a prayer. The first part of the prayer is that may God give you the spirit of wisdom. Then he says, revelation in the knowledge of him. That means there are some things about Jesus that if you don't spend a little bit of time studying and looking deeper at the word of God, the Holy Ghost can't show you the things that are there, but they're not obvious to those who rush through. It's like those kind of games where it's like spot the differences. Have you noticed the longer you look at something, the clearer the differences become? This is what revelation knowledge is. Now, revelation knowledge means the Holy Spirit reveals something that is true that you did not know, and he reveals it to you, and it will change your world. I, I, now, I'm going to be very careful about time. So the story, I won't read the story. You will find an example where Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well. Notice, first the conversation was going great until he began to reveal things about her, and reveal things about himself that she had no knowledge of. And there was one where she, he said that, listen, go and bring your husband. And she says, I, I don't have a husband. The story is in John 4. I don't have a husband. And he said, that's what you said is true because you've had five. You've had five husbands and the one you're living with now is not your husband. Notice what the woman said. He, she said, I perceive you are a prophet. Okay, explain to me how this world works. Notice, when Jesus now begins to reveal things about himself, he says, if I give you water, you will never be thirsty again. All of a sudden, the woman's life changes because she realizes this is not an ordinary day. Ladies and gentlemen, this week, this month, this season, especially as you go through this fast, God will give you revelation knowledge. What, does, what do I mean by revelation knowledge? He will reveal something about your journey. He will reveal something in the word of God about you that changes your world forever. And I mean forever. Let me tell you, uh, I, I only have a very little amount of time, so I'll, I'll one of the things that, um, I struggled with growing up was a lack of confidence because I felt a very strong sense of rejection for a variety of reasons. And I, I can't tell you the story now because I'm watching the time. And it stayed with me. So it, it showed up in a lack of confidence. It showed up in being extremely shy. It showed up in being slightly angry or combustible. It showed up as a child being very difficult to teach, restless and stuff like that. I became a Christian and I, I it, it, I still struggled. Now that threw me because I thought becoming a Christian will solve all my problems. And I still struggled until one day on a very tough day, one day I'll tell you the story, very tough day, sat down with my Bible and I was literally, I was at a tough point and the Holy Ghost opened up this scripture because I really felt like, God, I'm alone. I'm always the one that's left out. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, and the Bible says the following. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ, Great. I said, amen, God, I feel blessed, but I still feel rejected. Then the Bible, and then the Lord kept talking and he said, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Pause for a moment. It was like somebody had given me a birthday present because it dawned on me that, wait, 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 wait. So before a human being rejected me, God had accepted me at the highest level. All of a sudden I began to walk around my kitchen yelling because I realized that, wait, everything Satan had said to me about me was a lie. Wait, I am accepted. I began to trip out. Then I began to claim what was mine. And I began to say, wait, I am accepted. That means when I come to God, I don't have to come to God with a chip on my shoulder. I don't have to prove to God that I am worthy. I don't have to come to God and wonder whether or not he loves me. All of a sudden, my world changes. That's how powerful revelation knowledge is. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand what, how, does, how does God stop you being destroyed? It's a legal issue. Turning your Bibles to Hosea 4.6. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, Hosea 4 6 and I, I, I actually want to do more but I'm good the Bible says Hosea 4 6 first part my people are destroyed for a lack of what knowledge because thou has rejected knowledge I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God I will also forget thy children meaning what knowledge are we talking about knowledge of who God is, what God has done, what God has done through Jesus Christ, and who I am in Christ. Because when you don't know who you are, they can tell you who you are. What does that bring home? Let me combine it because we're running out of time. I'll just tell you. It brings home the fact that not a single person that I'm speaking to is an accident. That means you are here deliberately. <laughs> the, 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 you can access the recording of this, ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast. No problems. The link will show up. We can always get that to you. Notice that means not a single one of you is an accident. That means God planned provided for, empowered every single person I'm speaking to. Meaning, listen to me very carefully. The knowledge of the fact that God is in charge, the knowledge of the fact that God is doesn't make mistakes, the knowledge of the fact that God is all powerful, the knowledge of the fact that God sent Jesus Christ to save you and to put you back on track, the knowledge of the fact that all of a sudden, all the promises that you read in the Bible are yes and amen. You are actually the richest person on the planet. Hear me well. Listen to me very carefully. What does that do? It changes the way you see life. And all of a sudden you realize what they are offering you is of lower value than what God has already given you. All of a sudden, money doesn't freak you. All of a sudden, whether or not all your friends are married, you can go there happy as it doesn't make, doesn't make any difference because none of you are God, unless at the last time I checked. It doesn't matter how many naming ceremonies you go to. It doesn't matter how many miracles happen to somebody else. It does not matter how many promotions anybody else gets because between you and God, we are square. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Bible said you have laser focus. Why? Because you will know the truth and the truth makes you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what have we realized and what, are we, what am I saying to you today? I want you, when you listen to this again, spend some time praying some of the things we've, we've spoken about. Why am I saying it? I want you to understand the parable of the sower gives you hope. That the word of God, irrespective of your circumstances, will definitely come to pass. This is how the kingdom of God functions. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what is it? It is the revealed knowledge. Who does the revealing? The Bible says that you have a teacher. John chapter 14, verse 26, and this is where we end it.
The Bible said the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. John 16, verse 13. The Bible said the Holy Spirit will teach you everything you know. John 14, 26. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. So all of a sudden you're not walking blind. John chapter 16, verse 13. And ladies and gentlemen, also the Holy Spirit will allow you to access into the kingdom of God and to see the things in the kingdom of God and to see yourself as you are seen by God. And ladies and gentlemen, what does that mean? When God puts his word on your inside, fruitfulness will be the result because there will be nothing to stop the word coming to pass and you will become a world changer. Ladies and gentlemen, may God bless you and may God keep you. May God cause his word to come to pass in your life. May God cause any delay that has worked for in the word or any delay that has come to the words that have come to your life previously. May you experience a resurrection in this season. May God bless you and keep you. May God heal you if you need healing. May God bless you and may God make this the most powerful season of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. Have a wonderful Easter. May God be kind to you all. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful night.